You're listening to The Lightwalker's Path with Serena Myers, the podcast that sparks real, raw, honest conversations about what it actually means to live a spiritual life. Serena is a sacred soul mentor who guides people to tap into their heart's truth so they can live their lives with purpose on purpose. Hello, friend, this is episode 34 of The Lightwalker's Path, and I'm your host, Serena Myers. Now, typically, I batch all my content super far in advance, and um, this month has been weird, actually. It's been kind of a little bit more flexible, a little bit more fluid, and it's given me the space to actually really honor what is coming up uh, in the moment. So even though the type A part of me would really love to have everything done super far in advance like I normally do, the um, part of me that is really honoring of spirit and energy and flow is loving this. So one of the big commitments that I made at the start of this year was to return to a morning routine. And I was having a lot of trouble with this because I kept trying to force it into something else. And what I realized was a few years ago, I was doing really, really well with shower meditation. So I would wake up, I'd get in the shower, I would start um, cord cutting and tapping and doing all these energetic releases and then I would meditate. And so much information would come through for myself, for my clients. I actually ended up getting waterproof notepads just to be able to make the most of my time there. And so I started doing that again and that's where today's topic is coming from. On Monday's meditation, I got this crazy download for a blog. I actually turned on my voice recorder and dictated the whole blog. So that's going to be coming out soon. From the blog came um, this new um, energy management PDF that I'm going to be putting out into the world. So I'll link to that in the show notes because it's going to be super cool. And um, this episode came through. And so all of the stuff that is around this whole, all this discussion is happening around the theme of our energetic management, of our energetic hygiene, and of the responsibility that we need to take for ourselves. Because whether we're empaths or not, a lot of people say, oh, I'm an empath, I can't help it, I feel everything. Yes, absolutely. But that's not a detriment, that's actually your superpower. And so today what I wanna look at in terms of our energy management is the habits that we have that are sucking us dry. Now, Uh, In the past, I think I've had conversations around some of the relationships we have that suck us dry, and that's definitely a whole other thing. But I want this to be really about you, about me, about us as individuals. So we're not playing the blame game. We're actually looking at the things that we are doing to ourselves that are leaving us feeling meh, feeling low energy, and feeling depleted. Now, We're in winter. This is uh, recorded in January. So this is naturally a time where we're going to be a little bit more withdrawn, kind of almost hibernate. That's what the season calls us to do. But we're also really at odds with the whole new year, new me, get things done, set intentions, blah, 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 and all of that good stuff. And so when we're not really managing our energy, it is um, so easy to run ourselves into the ground. And when you're running to the ground, you're of no service to anybody, let alone yourself. So let's talk about some of the things that we are doing on a regular basis. And maybe they don't all apply to you, but I'm willing to bet at least some of them do that are sucking your energy dry. Okay. The first one I want to talk about is checking your phone obsessively. So this can be your email. This can be your texts. This can be your social feeds. 
And really what I'm talking about is making yourself chained to your notifications. A few years ago, I turned off all my notifications on my phone. So I get phone calls um, and I get text messages provided um, they make it through because my phone's on silent all the time. But I'm not getting updates every single time somebody comments on something or anytime I get a DM. And it made a big difference. But here is the downside is that I felt like I had to then overcompensate by checking more frequently so I didn't miss anything because there was still that addiction to the communication and the feelings of FOMO, the fear of missing out. So do you catch yourself doing this? Is this something that um, you get caught up in? And if so, what are you doing to be able to minimize it? Particularly like turning off your notifications is definitely the first step. But then beyond that, what are you doing? So I'm just recently recognizing how obsessively I check my email, which is ironic because I hate email. Um, I don't always respond to things right away, but that almost creates more chaos and drama within me, to be honest. So what I'm going to start doing is um, picking up my phone later in the day. So I'm not doing it as soon as I wake up first thing in the morning. Um, I also want to get more comfortable with leaving it in other rooms and not having to have my phone on me at all times. So I would love to hear if this is something that you have either successfully done or that you're actively working on what it is that you're doing to be able to break up with obsessively checking your phone. Okay, so speaking of our devices, and this isn't all going to be stuff about your devices, but I do want to kind of start here because it's the most obvious one. Scrolling absentmindedly on social media. So for starters, and I mean zero judgment here because I'm guilty of it too, this is a really big time waster. It's something that we're not even really um, participating in. It's a very passive thing, and it actually often feeds into our insecurities, our comparisonitis, um, or our judginess. So these are not really great things to do for ourselves. But I think more than that is it also means that we are not consciously being present with the information that we're consuming, particularly if we're not really mindful about the people that we follow and then even the ads that are targeted to us. So we are just absentmindedly plugging the meter of the subconscious and we're filling it up with whatever is in there. We're not consciously choosing and participating in the information that we're consuming. So this can create a lot of stuff that we then have to work through after the fact and we don't even know that it's happened because we are doing it so absentmindedly. But also it just feels heavy and gross. You feel sluggish. And um, it's definitely one of the ways that we are unconsciously just giving away our energy and we don't even recognize it. And then to kind of go from there actually is also the games that we play on our phone. I have a couple of games that I started out playing really mindfully and they were wonderful distractions from my everyday life. They were things that I could do when I only had five minutes and I wanted to do something that wasn't necessarily engaging with other people. And they were bringing a lot of my presence forward. I had to be really mindful about what I was doing or really strategic or I was figuring something out. I was using my head. But of course, now that I've been playing with them for a while, it's easier to kind of do it on autopilot to kind of just like go with the motions and I'm not actually really engaging. So again, what we're talking about is not that we're vilifying technology here. We're talking about when we are just autopilot, when we are just coasting, when we are not consciously engaging with the things that we are connecting with and connecting to. So on the technology front, those are the things I wanted to cover. Now let's talk about the people front and not our relationships, but really how we conduct ourselves in the world. 
because again, it's really important. And unless we actually acknowledge that we're doing these things, it's really hard for us to be able to make any shifts to change them. The first is gossip. And I know that you're probably thinking, particularly if you are on a spiritual path, you're thinking, wow, I don't gossip, but I'd be willing to bet there was a time in your life where you did. Gossip is something that, you know, we often attribute to being like something only mean girls do. But really what it is, is it's like when people are feeling either not 100% about themselves or they're looking to feel included and part of something and that kind of human connection, we often find it easier to bond over bitchy, shitty, petty things than we do to actually bond over heart-centered stuff, particularly if we're new to our spiritual paths. And gossip is probably one of the easiest ways that we do this. We need to find ways that we are sharing our experiences, our opinions, or our stories in a way that isn't really fueled in that kind of catty, claws out kind of way, which really, really perpetuates a stereotype about women being bitches and about how they're all kind of out for each other, particularly in our relationships with other women. This is something like, I know that I was a terrible gossip, particularly in my youth, but even in like when I was in my corporate days, like just being in an office, it was just kind of easy to talk shit about things. And it was a way of letting off some steam and whatever, but it's not a healthy thing. And it is something on an energetic level where we are just giving our power away. And again, this is the stuff that's happening unconsciously. So we don't even recognize we're doing it, but it is still having a toll. And then to kind of extend on gossip, the next one would be judging other people. Oh, this is still like my biggest thing. I would say of all the work that I have done, (laughs) judgment is um, one of the biggest lessons I'm still working through. I also really have to um, examine within myself, am I judging or am I being discerning? Because it's okay to have opinions. It's okay to be open and um, think something. But when there is that undertone where you're putting people on a spectrum of good or bad or better or worse, that's when you know that you are in the state of judgment. And it is something that has a really big energetic toll. Something that I talked about in the blog post was about our energetic projections that are happening um, on other people. And it's something that, you know, we don't tend to like consciously decide that we want to send like shitty mojo somebody's way. But when we are really critical and when we are judging them, that is what's happening behind the scenes. And so for our own kind of karmic debt, (laughs) we want to make sure that we are doing as little bad as possible in the world. And um, just so that we are being more energetically mindful about what we're doing in the world, it's really important that we keep uh, very aware when we are in a state of judgment. And the thing that I like to do as well when I do catch myself there, because like I said, this is a super big lesson for me. When I catch myself in a state of judgment, I want to know what that belief, what that thought has to do with me. So is it something that I secretly feel about myself and it's just easier and more comfortable to look at and project onto somebody else? Is it a former version of myself? And so them behaving this way makes me really uncomfortable. Um, Do I have emotional or past life baggage that's tied to this behavior, this thought, or this person? I really love using my own (laughs) shittiness, and in this case, uh, judgment, as a way of being able to understand myself better as well. And I really do feel like that's where the healing begins. And then my next two are kind of hand in hand. 
so the first part is people pleasing. This is basically for me, whenever you are putting everyone and anything above yourself. And the second one, and you'll see why they go hand in hand, is every time that you say yes, when you mean no. So if we were to actually distill both of those things down into one common element, it would be sort of self-betrayal. It would be denying your own needs or putting the needs of other people first. And we do this all the time. We do it for a lot of different reasons. We do it because we think we're supposed to. We do it because we want to be nice or we want to be liked or we want to be accepted or we want to be loved. We do it because it is easier than dealing with the backlash. That is the self-betrayal that I have to work with a lot when I say yes instead of no because it's just easier and I don't have the energy to fight it. There are a lot of reasons and a lot of conditioning that has us in this place where we compromise ourselves. But every time that we do it, it takes such a toll on ourselves. It's not just on our energy, though. It's on our psyche because what we are saying is that we are less important than X, than whatever it is that we have done instead of honoring our own needs. And that is probably one of the deepest human wounds. I would say... I'd have to actually do the math, but I'd be willing to bet that every single person who has walked through my door as a client has come through with a worthiness story. And it starts here. And so we really need to, again, kind of like what I said with judgment, where what can we learn about ourselves through this behavior? It's really important where we look at why we do the things that we do, particularly when we have this awareness that it comes with a cost to us. So... Why is it easier to just do it than it is to say no and fight? And when we think about easier, easier for who? Because if you know that it's going to then burn you out or make you feel resentful or chew you up from the inside, these are often the costs that we don't actually factor in when we're weighing out how easy or hard something is to do, right? So I would really love for you, if you are a chronic or a recovering people pleaser, or if you struggle with boundaries and saying the word no, I would really love for you to examine what it is you get out of this and is it worth it? For some people, 100% it will be. They are comfortable, they are happy in that state of perpetual service. But for most of us, it's actually not that it's our natural state of being. We just haven't learned how to do otherwise. Okay, and the last one I want to touch on today is about being in stagnant energy. So that stagnant energy within your body because you've been holding on to emotions, because you haven't been moving, because you've had big emotional um, outbursts or reactions and you haven't actually shifted the energy within you. And then the other part is in your physical space. So in your home, in your office and so on. Um, the PDF that I created, and again, I'll link that in the uh, documents, has a whole bunch of different strategies that you can do to clear energy. And it's designed about clearing energy within the physical body, but you can also do it within the um, physical space as well. So being in stagnant energy has a way of just slowly depleting you. I don't know exactly what it is. I think what it comes down to is like our natural state is to be in a state of moving chi, where the energy within us is just trucking along, 
It all has its own pace, its own rhythm. And each of those kind of systems within us, like our chakras and whatnot, are operating at their own frequency. And that kind of is within our own frequency. We have like our own kind of energetic thumbprint. And so when something happens, that disrupts our natural flow. And if it's in happening in a physical space, it will also disrupt the natural flow of a space. And so when we haven't done anything to kind of restore equilibrium there, it will slowly just start to chew us up. If you think about um, all the stories where someone has walked into like a musty old house that hasn't been used for years and there's dust everywhere and there's, you know, like fabric coverings over the furniture and the curtains are closed and, and really what it needs is to be aired out. Our energy is exactly the same thing. So what can you do about that? You can certainly employ any of the tactics that are in that PDF, and I'm not going to get into them here because I did write it for a reason, but you can also be having a movement practice. So that can be stretching, it can be yoga, it can be running, um, it can be dancing. It doesn't really matter as long as you are moving. Um, It can be bringing in fresh air to things. So it's opening up the windows and letting the wind come through and really just flow within a space. What you're going to need to do is going to be really personal and intimate for you. And what works for one person isn't going to work for another. But it's definitely something that you want to be mindful of. Now, the reason I go on and on about the importance of energetic maintenance and why it's so important right now, um, why it's been coming up in my meditations and so on this week, is because this is the foundational piece for everything else. So if you're someone who is wanting to develop a really strong connection with your intuition, your inner guidance system, if you're someone who wants to be connecting with your angels and your guides, your Akashic records, if you're someone who is just wanting to feel more in tune with what is around them, the way you do that is by having a um, consistent energy practice. Because so long as we are staying like really grounded, really present and mindful, and really clear, we're able to do everything else. But that's kind of the base. Like that's like the fundamental part that we need to be able to be really rooted in this work. If we start doing all these other spiritual practices and we don't have that foundation set, then we're really working in the ethers without a solid connection to the earth. And we need that first. You need to be able to be within your body in this space. And of course, this is like, the super, super just like base part of the work that we're doing in Due North. The doors are going to be opening up soon. So if you'd like to get on the wait list, head over to serena.ca slash Due North. Again, I'll link that in the show comments too. And make sure that you are the first to know when the doors open because I can only take so many people each time. And energetic practices is just like scratching the surface of the work that we are going to do in that program. It's going to be amazing. Okay, that is it for this week, my friend. I will be back with you next week with a new episode that will also not be done in advance because again, I did not plan ahead this time. And if you'd like to continue these conversations, please do join me in my Facebook group. Same name as this podcast, The Lightwalker's Path. I'll see you there.